0: Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and we're up to part two. Part two of desire is the root of all human suffering, but it doesn't have to be. And boy, oh boy, is that the truth. So where are we at? Well, in the last podcast, I talked a lot about uh, the ingredients of a healthy outer wealth uh, process, and I talked about the T-intersection of choice between more and less, the two sides of materialism, and the alternative in the T-intersection of going left, which is the inner wealth, which is zero desire. So desiring has two sides, desire more, desire less, um, It always comes with an expectation, a comparative, because we're comparing what we've got to what we want. And when we don't get what we want, we become pissed off, we get disappointed, we get frustrated. And ultimately, when we don't get what we want, we get depressed. What we do a lot of work on in the world of desire or the outer wealth world is we make sure that the desires are for things that are realistic, in the case of depression, most of the desires that cause depression are unrealistic desires, which means we don't get them, we get disappointed, we get angry about that, and ultimately we get depression. So the world of depression, a lot of people justify it by saying that it's all about uh Uh, mental disease, or it's inherited, or you can't help it, or it's chemical. And everyone who has an opinion about that is absolutely right. Everybody's watch tells the right time, and that's not an argument I'm going to have. But if we're into the realm of fixing things, fixing things, not medicating them, or diagnosing them, or trying to dance around them, or by labelling someone as a depressive-prone uh, person, enabling them, what we're here to do with inner wealth is find a cause and deal with a cause, not placate or medicate or uh, remunerate the effect. This T intersection, therefore, that we're talking about here, the T intersection when we get to a point where we go, What do I do? And this T intersection point where we go, Do I go inner wealth or outer wealth? is for the most part best described as an and question. I can have inner wealth and outer wealth, but there are turning points. For example, when we get unhealthy anger, when we get an addiction, when we feel some depression, when we feel frustration, when we feel uh, um, uh, uh, like we're about to do something without uh, that's not grounded. In other words, we're, we're knee-jerk reaction, reacting. When we're in the got-to, should, or need-to level of the consciousness cone, it's wise to hold up before we act, drop back into our inner wealth find our core and operate in there because most behaviors that operate in a got to should or need to have a 50 50 chance of success in the future and that 50 50 odds is not too bad compared to what you do with a Tatslotto lotto ticket or a uh, or a casino throw of a dice but Living life with a 50 50 chance of success, of decisions and choices we make, is not going to work. It's not going to be good enough at work. It's not going to be good enough in relationship. It's definitely not going to be good enough around our health and well-being. This 50-50 probability of success, which is operating in the got-to, should-need-to, maybe-even-want-to area of life, this 50-50 is something we have to eliminate if we plan at any point to be a leader in anything we do in life. The 50-50 chance of decisions being correct or incorrect is just not okay, and that leads to the tiki-toki of what we call mental health problems of stress, anxiety, frustration, emotional outbursts, um, uh, naivety, uh, uh, poor decisions, uh, buyer remorse—all the things that can inf- infect the life of a person in the outer world, operating in the realm of desire. Desire uh, uh, is, as I said, an appetite in the outer world and it leads to all human suffering at the level of got to, choose to, need to. And what we're trying to do is move desire to a healthy place by balancing the outer wealth, where desire becomes a hunger for things and a hunger to improve or a hunger to get rid of things, the more or less... Uh, what we're doing is balancing it with a sense of inner core, which means I need nothing, I want nothing, I have everything. To to work on the inner core, we need to know the secrets of how to plumb into the depths of our soul, into the depths of our heart. And the mechanism for doing that, as I've said in the last podcast, is to look for blessings, look for the miracles in our life, And if we don't see them, use the universal laws, the laws of nature that I've written about and spoken about over and over again to the world to help us plumb the depth of the soul, of our own truth. It's not a truth we share with others. It's not a collaborative truth. It's not a truth of uh, like-minded communion. It's not a truth. It's individualized, self-responsible, self-actualized self-leadership. This is the inner core of us and this place is healthy fun loving joyful soul so one of the interesting things that i i would love to share with you today is the concept of the vip score and you may have heard all this before but probably never from the angle i'm about to present it if we draw a circle and we divide the circle in with seven spokes and we give each of those spokes a name uh, each of the spokes, of course, comes from the hub in the middle and radiates out to the outer circle. It might be wise for you to draw this if you're listening to this podcast. At the outside of the circle, we label each of the spokes. There's the the number one spoke is the spiritual, number two spoke, not because it's the most important, but it's just the sequence that I speak them. Number two spoke is career, number three is mental, number four is financial, number five is health, number six is social, and number seven is relationship stroke familial. At the centre of the spoke, at the at the hub, we can score ourselves zero. And if we were to say, "I'm in a deep state of manic depression on this topic," I'm really really in a mess on this topic. Let's say spiritual, and I've lost my sense of self, and I've lost my sense of purpose, and I've lost my sense of um, gratitude for life, and I've lost my center, and I've lost my confidence. These are spiritual things. And we can say, I'm a zero. And remembering spirituality and religion, very different topic. On the outer circle, we would say I'm 10 out of 10 spiritually. In other words, if I were living in a Zen retreat, as I've done many times, or in an ashram or at a yoga retreat, I would typically say... That i get close to being at 10 in my spiritual there is nothing to interrupt me there's nothing to disturb my tranquility i find a sense of self of confidence of quiet calm relaxed inner self which is my strength now that's easy in an ashram now let's go around the other seven other six areas of life and score ourselves so let's just say we're not in an ashram we're living in the real world, and I score myself seven, spiritually out of ten. So at a point along the spoke, seven-tenths of the way to to the uh, outer circumference, I'll put a little cross and write the number seven. The next one was career. And let's just say everything's going swimmingly at work. There's challenge, there's support uh there's good news i I know I can do better I know i could do could do worse so I go well i'm about an eight at work. We put a little cross eight tenths of the way out from the center core to the nearly at the edge. We put a little cross on the line and write a number eight. We go to the next one, which was mental I think, and we write uh mental uh look i i I feel confident i I really trust what i'm thinking. I really know I'm in a state of good balance, I'm not having a nervous attack, my nervous system is in good stead, therefore my thinking is in good stead, therefore I feel quite loving towards people and I feel a lot of gratitude for life. I would say my mental acuity, my uh, memory, uh, the work I'm doing, producing on, uh, on my computer, all these things add up to my mental state and I would say... Uh, put a little cross there, and you go. Well, it's about a seven. So you go around the next one, financial. Well, you know, if your expectations are really high, you want twenty million dollars in the bank, and you've got three. You 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 three million. You might put I'm three out of ten in my financial because I haven't got what I want, and uh, that's fair enough. So you put a three. You go to the next one, which was I think health. And we put we go. How's your health? Well, you know, I'm feeling a little bit uh, sluggish today because you know I trained hard yesterday, so I'm in recovery. My health is good overall, but I'm in recovery today. My aura ring tells me I need to have a little bit of recovery time, so I'll put a six. Um, that's that, or I could say overall it's a nine, um, but today it's a six. So this is not an exact science. However, what I'm coming around to is in the social which is my connection with my broader family it's outside my significant other and my children I'm talking about my siblings I'm talking about um, their siblings and their friends and their kids and 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 broader networking out into my friendships into my Um, associations with other people and last but not least my significant other which if it isn't a person it is nature or an animal or a a feeling of connectedness to another being and other beings on this planet and feeling a love and affection and gratitude and very strong presence with them and i would score that uh, let's say uh, you, you just let's randomly put five or six so we, we add up these scores from the spiritual all the way around to the to the family that we just did, and we get a score out of 70. A possible 10 out of 10 in each area of life would be uh, absolutely right on target for inner wealth because it sees it wants what it's got, it appreciates what it's got, it doesn't want to change anything. The outer wealth, however, scores these uh, the, each area of life as to what the experience of it is compared to what we want. And there's a gap, isn't there? There's a gap between what we've got and what we want. And this gap is the more gap, which is materialism. And this is very important to have. It's not that we want to eliminate the materialism by having uh, inner wealth or Buddhism or whatever it is. We're honoring the fact that there is two sides to every human being. There's an inner wealth and there's an outer wealth. And so we get an outer wealth score. And if you join the dots or roughly with your pen and make a, like a, an inner shape, uh, an inner shape by joining all the dots inside, the, inside the, the seven and the six and the five, you just join them up with, a, with straight lines, you end up with an inner shape. And if we could measure the area of that inner shape, we measure the amount of gratitude we have in the real world. That's how thankful we are. Now, here's what's interesting. When we talk about a parent passing on a gift to a child or a curse, we we talk about a parent passing on the area inside the circle. Now, over and over again, we witness children being different to their parents in so many different dimensions. For example, a child might get a, their values, might be, I'm going to work really hard on health and I want to become an athlete because my parents are really fat and ugly and so the child uh, gets a different value set very early on in life and focuses their energy in one of the seven areas of life more than the others. Whereas the parent might have worked really hard and focused a lot of energy in their career. Um, and, been, and if I had have scored them when the parent was with us, the parent would have said, well, I'm nine in my work, but I'm four in my health. And now I'm talking to their child and they say, I'm four in my work and nine in my health. Okay, so we understand that we bounce off others to create our value set, and that value set becomes pretty um, intrinsically um, uh, unchangeable unless there's a catastrophe in a person's life. So the value set that we get bounces off another person, but the area of the gratitude wheel, the VIP circle, the area of your scores, under your scores, typically for a person's matches perfectly with the parent. So we get taught not what to do, not how to do it, not when to do it, not why to do it. What we get taught is how thankful we are for what we've got. Now, a curse can be that our parent passes on a nine in all seven areas of life, and we get really thankful for what we've got, and then have no desire to do well. Or we might be born to a really, really unthankful for what we've got parent with a really small scores, twos and threes and fives and fours and things around the circle, wishing they were somewhere else, wishing they had a bigger job, wishing they had more happiness, wishing they had a bigger relationship. And we get also, we inherit a very small area uh, 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 on this VIP circle and therefore a huge appetite to, to race out and try to get to a 10. And that breeds an ambitious, driven, motivated, inspired person who wants to go out and kick ass and will go through hell and high water. Now, I think I was, came into a family inheritance with my father and my circumstances and the only ones that I was able to witness after my mother passed away was an incredibly unhappy, ungrateful, unthankful man. My father and I inherited a very small uh, uh, area on my VIP circle, and that drove me really hard to be a champion sportsperson, to play footy in the in the highest league, to row in Olympic uh, selection squads, to win Australian championships, to run in marathons, to be a, a lifesaver, to be a, a kayak paddler down whitewater rivers, to build thirteen or fifteen kayaks. We. I renovated uh, 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 13, I think it was, 13 houses and lived in them to build the wealth of my family. I built two businesses and made millions of dollars and I was a multimillionaire by the time I'm 30. This all done without any inner wealth at all, virtually, and with a very small uh, gratitude uh, for, for what I had. I was never happy with what I had. I was always looking for what I didn't have and looking at how to get it, which led me in a relationship sense, to be a, a a little bit outside the realm of conventional uh, uh, behavior in a relationship, but it also led me to be very ambitious at work and very driven and and quite a mean uh, business owner. To the supplies we had, I was driven so hard to make to build my business bigger and bigger. And I, and I did a, a marvellous job of building my business bigger at a very, very high um, human cost of people's affection for me. But I didn't care. But I didn't have any, in, uh, any focus on my inner wealth. And this is a very interesting thing because I knew it the whole time because I always felt that the outer wealth I was building, uh, there was some level of, uh, it, 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 was, it was almost like inappropriate. I didn't deserve it. And I was always shocked at how much money I was making. And I was kind of like always trying to use it and build things and own it and own houses and make uh, solid investments because I was really frightened of being without it because I didn't want to go back to where I was. And this leads us to a state where we're in a state of incredible anxiety because this outer circle that we call 10 out of 10, and let's say I score myself, let's say I get a 40 out of 70 score for all the seven areas of my life. And it changed, the 40 might be 45 and 35, 45, 35, something like that in the total score out of 70. And the shape of my square might change if my relationship wasn't going well. I'd take time off work and we went, you know, did trips to Paris or rent a yacht in the Sundays to try and rebuild the relationship. And as I did that, of course, my focus on my health might go down and I might stop jogging around the block and go into the gym to give more time to my partner and family at the time or I, if my business started to run out of cash and cash flow i might realize that i need to sell stock or go and do a couple of sales or spe- sell some spare parts off to rebuild the cash reserves of the business and in the process my family life would uh, would suffer because i would be very focused on my work so the scores went in and out they went up to eights and down to f- down to 2s sometimes down to 3s but they but when they went down to 2s and 3s some other area of the circle would go out to an 8 that was a 2 or a 3. So I'd bounce uh focus, I'd I'd firefight. So this led to incredible uh anxiety because outer wealth is built on desire. It's built on ambition. It's it's built on material gain. It's just built on total total uh in a sense if it goes to extreme greed, but if it goes to another extre- extent, discontent with what I've got. And uh there is a great quote in the, in the teachings which says, uh, "If you don't appreciate what you've got, you lose it." And it's very interesting to see the conflict between outer wealth and inner wealth, because inner wealth builds the outer builds a, 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 a strength and a resilience and a, and a and a and a stamina based on the fact that I want what I've got. And that includes not just materially saying, I want those kids and I want that partner and I want this house and I want to be here and I want to be in Bondi. I want what I've got. But it also means the wanting what we've got that isn't what we want. <laughs> and, and and in a sense, that might mean it's raining a lot. I want it to rain. Uh, Uh, my foot is uh, my big toe on my uh, foot has got an arthritic joint which has come from mountaineering and it hurts like shit I want a big toe that has an arthritic joint I don't want to change everything I want what I've got this is the inner wealth aspect but this is where the strength of life comes from it it is an uh but to, to do that to build your inner wealth at the same time as building your outer wealth, your viewpoint on everything in life has to be seen through a different pair of glasses than your outer wealth. For example, I had a, a client in Canada uh, wrote to me the other day and they said their partner had passed. And I had worked with these people many, many years ago and, and I, I knew him really, really well and a beautiful, beautiful man. And, and, and I, I said to her, he hasn't died He's just changed from inner body to outer. I'm not going to buy into the outer wealth perspective of, of loss and gain. I'm operating from an inner wealth uh, uh, viewpoint of abundance. Nothing's ever missing, just changes in form. And I said, he's not with us in a body, but he's now with us forever. And he can visit Sydney anytime he wants now. And I made a little smile joke, uh, in, in, in not meaning to be facetious, but I made a little Chris Walker Inner wealth uh, viewpoint for her, it, so that it would r- move her from where all her community will be, which is in grief and poor you and he's gone, to the inner wealth view, which is nothing's ever missing, just changes in form. And I, th- I think the viewpoint to see the contrast between these outer wealth and inner wealth. The outer wealth, of course, he's gone. Of course, there's a will. Of course, there's a funeral. Of course, there's grief and she misses him and all these things from an outer viewpoint. It's not the same from an inner viewpoint, not the same from inner wealth. And you can switch. It's a t-intersection. You go along, you go, do I operate here at a funeral from inner wealth or outer wealth? And this parting of the ways, this... Separation of the ocean is what they talk about when they talk about people crossing the ocean and the ocean opening up. This T intersection is the opening of the waters. This is the separation. This is the gap between the breaths. This is the moment in time where you get to say, Wow, I can see this with these glasses on and have it from an outer world viewpoint. What do I want? What did I get? What I didn't want? How does it compare? Am I happy with that? Am I unhappy with that? Does it make me satisfied? Does it unsatisfied? We can deal with all this language of the outer wealth world. And that outer wealth world builds the materials and builds the businesses and evolves technologies and does all the things that move the planet forward. However, if the moment at which some of that outer wealth stuff starts to become obsessive or stressful and we lose love for the moment, love for life, love for what we've got, we start to decay... What we've got in order to bring us into the inner wealth world. And that's what happened to me with my journey with my family is that I built this outer world obsessively bigger, bigger, and bigger family, and bigger houses, and bigger cars, and bigger wealth, and bigger business, and more employees, and more customers, and bigger and bigger. But I didn't spend the time when I needed to to ground myself in a state of recuperative uh, comfort. And be grateful for life as it was. I was obsessed with fixing, changing, modifying, adapting, building, growing. And not equally obsessed with being thankful for the way things were before I did that. So this inner wealth, this VIP score that you've got, this 45 out uh, out of 70 or this... 50 out of 70 or 20 out of 70 whatever you've scored is what gets handed to us from our parents now if you watch the growth rings of a tree you'll see that the tree gets bigger and it grows another growth ring so 10 out of 10 next year will not be the same place as it was this year so in other words if you say what i'm i'm scoring myself eight right now you would expect if you work your ass off really, really hard, that eight will become a nine, and if you work really, really hard, that nine will become a ten. But what we don't anticipate is the ten becomes an eleven and the neck and the eleven becomes a twelve, and the twelve becomes the new ten. In other words, the circle grows. And so actually, what caused us to have a VIP score of 40 out of 70. The, 70 become, the, the, the old 70 becomes the new 80. We call it 70 because we, we are still we. we the, the circle is larger, and but our scores are now increased, but relative to the new 10, they're still 7. They're still 40 or 45. And this is what we inherit. We inherit a viewpoint. We inherit an amount of gratitude. And sometimes it's a curse, sometimes it's a blessing, sometimes we can use it, sometimes we uh, it uses us. The secret, the secret to, to healthy outer wealth is to have scores somewhere in the realm, somewhere, I'm not saying exactly here, somewhere in the realm of between five and seven in each area of life. In other words, to keep stretching the outer circle deliberately, to keep ourselves in a state of hunger, but not necessarily desperation. So I think if you look at the VIP cone, you know got to's on the bottom. Well, I would say that's a one out of 10. Got to have it, got to get away from it. It's a one out of 10. I think the should is between two and four. The need to is between four and five. And I think the want to is between five and six. And then above six, choose to, the desire to, choose to, love to. So you can see that if you get up to love to in all the seven areas of life, your ambition to grow will shrink. Your ambition to have inner wealth will expand. And I think it's unhealthy to have inner wealth without the ambition in the outer wealth. And I think it's unhealthy to have the outer wealth without the ambition for the inner wealth. And so keeping the worthiness, which is self-respect, self-reliance, self-development, self-leadership, strong, enables you to handle the bigger winds that blow as you get taller as a tree. So the bigger this circle gets, the bigger your vision gets, the older you get. And certainly after 35, this vision, these circles are growing at the rate of knots. If you stop growing the circle like a tree... Any tree that stops expanding its circle, growth rings, is dead. It dies. It blows down. Any tree that decides to shrink those circles or tries to hibernate in the forest below the the canopy uh, of, of the forest, in other words, be uh, isolated or tries to withdraw from all that, that tree will get swallowed up by the bugs and other trees take the sun away from it and a tree shrinks and complains about inequality or complains that it didn't get a fair go at work or they didn't get something and they try to use some social minority paradox to justify the fact that they've, they're small in amongst a big forest. And this is really hurtful. So when our inner wealth gets stuck... Our growth gets stuck and when our inner wealth grows, our growth grows. When our outer wealth grows, so our inner wealth must grow and we need to be more uh, able to see the gifts and the blessings and the beauty of life as it is the way it is. Uh, uh, And when things go wrong, go thank you for it going wrong because there's a blessing in that too. Um, when things go right thank you there's a blessing in that when things go uh, not to your expectations thank you because i want what i've got remember the buddhist quote i need nothing i want nothing and therefore i have everything it's the inner wealth motto the outer wealth motto is i need everything i want everything and therefore i have really nothing and Trying to find a mediocre place halfway between these two is what uh, um, Ralph Waldo Emerson called, or Thoreau, one of the two, called a quiet life of desperation. Moderate, Moderated at work because you don't go to the full ambition. Moderated in your inner wealth because you don't go fully into gratitude. Moderated in your relationship because you're, you, you, you're kind of like halfway between wanting a really great one and and trying not to be thankful or trying to be thankful for half of what you've got and then being grumpy because it's not the way you want it and then not being completely satisfied when it's not what you want and when when a person goes gets tries to put the inner wealth and the outer wealth in one bucket in in one bowl and stir it up it ends up in a thing called mediocrity so inner wealth is a completely different pair of glasses it's a different viewpoint it's a t-intersection in the in the choices we make at times in life and the outer wealth is equally valuable as the inner wealth and the inner wealth is what sustains what we build in the outer wealth because inner wealth builds self-worth worthiness it's a sense of self that is independent of the seven areas of life it's not spiritual not mental it's not social it's not financial it's not relationship it's not career it's who we are before all those things take place To evolve is to grow the inner wealth that we inherited. Our score, if we're 45 out of 70, is to grow it to 50. Now, this is really risky shit because if we change what we're thankful for, we contradict the whole paradigm of every family member that knows us, including our spouse, our kids and their kids and their fun and their, and their people. If we change the 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 volume, this area of this inner wealth score and we score ourselves higher uh, in the seven areas of life, if the total score starts to get higher because we can see from an inner wealth viewpoint the, the blessing in the things that go wrong we start to become separate from our family because they inherited the fixed uh dimensions the fixed volume of this this area of their vip score whatever the number is 48 47 46 whatever it is or 30 or 20 like mine was when i i think really i came into this world with a big fat uh 10, uh, and then when after my mother's passing, my experience of life was a big s- s- uh, submerged, too. It was bloody, bloody, bloody hard, and we used humor to bridge it out and to see to make the curses of our life a blessing. This is interesting because then you break the DNA chain, and the family looks at you and goes, Who in the hell? Do you think you are? You, my dad uh, even uh, uh, excommunicated me from his life and because he said I was now, I, I was, he called me the monk. And it was because I saw the world differently to him and I saw more beauty in the world than he could see and he cursed things and he got angry at things and he got wild at things and he got miserable about people and places and I—I just I just couldn't buy into it. I just didn't see the world the same way in all areas of life, not just one or two. It took some work. But now with Inner Wealth, we can work on this inner, this, this area of the circle, and we hand that on to our kids. Now, there's a blessing and a curse, as I said before, because if you hand on to your children satisfaction from an Inner Wealth point of view, and you've gone uh, asleep with your with your VIP circle, and you haven't expanded the circle to keep pushing it, pushing the envelope and saying, "What's more? What's my vision? What's my dreams? What's my hopes? What's my what's my possibility in life? What's my career? What could I? How much more love could I share? Just be, just not with one person. I could share it with children all over the planet. I could share it with families who are in distress. I could share it uh, in books or in podcasts or in hopes. I can. You can take that area of relationship and make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And all areas of life need to be expanded so that you keep pushing yourself." at a level of what, as I've said before, desire to, choose to, want to, where you're ups in this, you're, you keep yourself around about the sixes and the sevens of life. There's more to be had, but you're not desperate. And this is a really healthy space to find in all seven areas of life. All right, my battery's about to run out of my phone. I've been talking on this podcast for about 35 minutes Uh, I send it to you with all the love in the world. I, I really do believe we can bring consciousness and spirituality into the business world by teaching people that inner wealth and outer wealth, two different topics. They're not meant to be argued about. Religion is about outer wealth. Don't make a mistake. It has nothing to do with inner wealth. Bye for now.